Hey, Jake, I like video games. Hey, Tony, I like video games, too. Well, welcome, everybody, to a brand new episode of Hey, I Like That Game. Hey, I like that game. I like video games. <laughs> is that, I, I can go to the distance? That was I can is go that... to the distance, yeah. <laughs> I'm not great at singing, so I'm very glad you picked it up. <laughs> <laughs> I loved I loved that. <laughs> How you doing, Jake? I'm doing all right. I am very happy that it is a Saturday and that we are talking about and playing some video games. Uh, just been a little, a little nuts for me. I'm planning a wedding, which is coming up soon. Uh, oh yeah, job's going a little bit nuts, but I'm just, I'm just psyched to get married and I'm psyched to take some time off and uh, be with my soon-to-be wife. Yes, uh, it'll be some well-deserved time off. I'm very excited for your wedding. It's going to be great. Yeah. Um, cannot wait. Should be, hey, I like that wedding. <laughs> well, don't say that yet. We haven't had it, so we can't, hey, you can't give the hey. review until uh, after the wedding. <laughs> Could be a real stinker, Tony. We have no I've, idea. <laughs> hey, I like that couple. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. There we go. That's accurate. <laughs> how about you, Tony? How have you been doing? What have you been playing, more importantly? Uh, Let's just skip been, what, how you've been doing and ask me. Let's see how you've been playing. <laughs> well, Jake, I've been good, and <laughs> I have three video games to talk about. Wow, here. that's so, a lot of video games, Tony. It's a lot of games. So the first I want to talk about is this game called Everspace. So it came out a while ago, a couple of years ago, but it's a roguelite spaceship shooter. So think of like the the nearest touch point to like how it like ship combat and stuff works. It's like remember in Reach. Like the combat, the space combat of Reach. Yeah. Now take that and make it a roguelike where you're jumping star system to star system. You're mining for uh, resources to like um, in, uh, improve the gear that you already have on your ship, like installing your ship or finding new stuff to install on your ship. There's dog fights. There's like boss battles. There's all sorts of gorgeous graphics too. Um, it's really fucking cool. Um, I like how the, the ship moves very well. Like there's like, um, a good sense of like thrusters and like, you know, the boost on your thruster and like, um, kind of drifting into corners or like kind of spinning around, uh, obstacles to like, uh, gain the advantage in dog fights. Like it, it controls really well. There's a lot of detail to the game and like your ship itself it's it's really neat, um, and I I just started playing it, but definitely worth checking out. I know there's a um, Everspace two that's in early access right now that they're working on, but like uh, I decided to jump into the first one uh, first. But yeah, it's really neat. Uh, Everspace is the name of that one. Um, cool. Yeah, that that was uh, a cool section of that game. Uh, yeah, right. Reach. Like, yeah, I I I like a good ship combat game. You know, like it's not always my favorite. Uh, you can go back to listen to the Rogue Squadron to talk to hear listen, about that. I'm not sure uh, how Rogue Squadron could be anybody's favorite. <laughs> yeah, but like uh, there there is something to a good ship combat game, and this mm-hmm, one's like mm-hmm. one of the best I've played in a very long time. So yeah, uh, Everspace is dope. Uh, the other smaller game that I have uh, been playing is this game called Vampire Survivors. Oh this thing is, shit! Yeah, I've been seeing this all over the place. It's everywhere, man. It's a so uh, uh, another roguelike uh, here. Uh, this is only like three dollars on Steam or the Access, so it's like really it's a low cost barrier entry kind of game. Uh, it's basically like an auto attacker, um, but you you pick a character 
and then you uh, you have different items that your character will fire off automatically, so you don't have to press any buttons to do that. You only control their movement, and then there are giant mobs of enemies that start coming at you. Giant and the mobs. Ga- yeah, and the game does a really good job of like slowly escalating to the point where it's just swarms everywhere. It's, it almost plays like a bullet hell in those moments. You know, it's uh, a lot of the game is like finding holes in the, you know, swarms of enemies and trying to like move around and just like dodge stuff. Um, there's a shit ton of t- items to get that, that augment your character and give you new projectiles. There's a bunch of characters that augment, uh, you know, how your leveling curve works or your starting gear. Um, there's, <clears throat> A lot to discover uh, within the game too. Like there's different like evolutions of, of weapons. Like the deeper you get into runs, um, it's really neat. It is. It's a neat little game. It's not. Um, there's not much to it, but it's neat. And for three dollars, it's totally worth it. Uh, that one is uh, called Vampire Survivors. Um, yes, I actually uh, literally just bought it on Steam while you were talking about it because I meant to do that for a while. <laughs> yeah, it's dope. I'm, I'm glad. I, I'll be curious to hear your thoughts about it uh, maybe on the next episode. Uh, but the, the, the game that like, I feel the strongest about right now is this game called loop hero. So loop hero came out last year and it got like a lot of buzz about it at the game of the year time, but it, it didn't show up on every list, but it was, it was a, uh, highly regarded game from last year. And it's, it's another auto battler, but this one is like, there's like a puzzle game kind of like element to it. So basically the way the game works is you have a hero, which is one of three classes. Uh, They all Mm -hmm. work a little bit differently. But basically your hero continuously walks around a randomly generated loop fighting monsters along the way. And again, it's an auto battler. So you'll see on this loop really simple pixelated graphics moving along this loop. It'll run into like another icon that's like an enemy. They fight automatically um, and then you continue on. Defeating monsters gives you loot, XP, and different cards. Uh, loot gives you meaningful effects to how your battling works. Like I play mostly the like um, necromancer, where like you can get a ring that gives you more skeletons that you can like raise from the dead or something like that, uh, or like you know six percent attack speed boost, you know that kind of stuff. Um, XP uh, will grow as you kill monsters as well. Once you hit a level, you'll get like a pretty awesome perk that can you know really change some of the mechanics of the way your character uh, works and you know powers you up a little bit. But then the other thing that uh, you get, like I was saying, is is cards. And what the cards are are things that you can either place on the loop itself to make things harder to spawn in specific types of enemies that your hero can continue to fight to get stronger, to, you know, uh, get more loot, to get specific uh, crafting materials or, or whatever. Or there are uh, cards that you place in the game world. Uh, so you can, let's say you have... Uh, a mountain card. You can place a mountain card in like the, the game world. Uh, and that gives you like a certain boost to your character. If you figure out different combinations of those land cards that you put into the game world, different combinations of those will make like a three by three square of mountain and road will make 
a like large mountain, which will give you a ton of different resources and XP, but then also it'll spawn in harpies that will invade your loop and attack your hero. Like it's a stronger kind of monster. Um, mm. It's really, it's, it's difficult to explain because I've never really played another game like this. Yeah. Um, but it's super duper neat. It's a game that you don't have to focus on a ton. Like it's a perfect game to have on the background while you're working because mm -hmm. while the hero is doing a loop, like you're constantly getting loot and cards and other stuff. And you do have like carry limits to these items. So the uh, it's like uh, first one in last one out kind of thing. So it cycles through stuff. Um, but uh a lot of it is you don't have to pay super close attention to it. You can like let it do its thing, run for a couple minutes, do something else, come back to it, make a couple adjustments, lay a bunch of cards, and then let the loop progress again. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's it's very neat. It's very very neat. I've yeah. I've never played anything like it, uh, and it's it's just neat. It's a very neat video game. <laughs> um, uh, definitely recommend it uh, to anyone, especially if you see it on sale. It's uh, it's it's pretty cool. Uh, and that one uh, is called Loop Hero. Uh, Loop Hero. I, yeah. I I looked it up because I, I felt it tickled something in my brain. I remember seeing that logo a few places, but I never yeah. um never played it or really seen any play of it. But sounds yeah. sounds interesting. It is. It's. Uh, I'm not sure if you would like it, <laughs> but you might. You might like. You might like it because it's like. It simultaneously can be kind of boring because it's an auto battler, right? And it's right. just doing its own loop. But when you're on like loop 15, the enemies are really hard. You have a ton of different things on your loop. Like you have a bunch of vampire houses or you have a bunch of graveyards where there's like skeletons. Like there's hard battles everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, it can get really uh, tense uh, to like see how – everything shakes out in your in your auto battle there's also some strategy of like where you place certain tiles whether they be on the loop or off the loop uh there there's there's a lot of elements to the game that only reveal itself as you play more of it it's something like you really got to play the game like 3 or 4 hours to start to really like understand it mm -hmm. but once you kind of get it it's like oh this this is neat this is a very neat game so so yeah loop hero i'm getting like some whispers of uh, almost tower defense mechanics in this. <laughs> yeah, kinda. Kinda. Except, like, the tower is you and you're moving. Like, yeah, and everything else who's going through the tower defense gauntlet. Yeah, yeah, you're the enemy that's going through the towers, exactly. And you're building the tower so, like, fight yourself counter tower okay maybe this metaphor is falling apart <laughs> but but it's like but it's like you're, you're building things to make the enemies tougher so you get better loot and more xp and more resources because there's another element to the game that i didn't really talk about was that like when a loop is over you get all these resources and then you build out like a city like a town that gives you improvements. That's how you unlock other classes. Okay. That's how you can get like watchtowers and other other things, right? Yeah. So it's like you start to figure out the way that I place the environmental tile tiles outside of the loop will generate certain resources that I can take back to my village to boost myself up so I can eventually try to take down a boss. There are bosses 
for every loop, once you play a certain amount of tiles, the boss will spawn. Uh, and then you got to fight the boss and it's like, are you ready to do that or not? Mm-hmm. You know, like sometimes your guy's just not strong enough. You don't, or you don't feel as very confident in your build yet to take on a boss. So maybe you decide to leave instead you retreat. Um, or like if you fight it and lose, you get like a fraction of your, um, resources with you, but mm-hmm. it's telling you, man, it's a neat game. Very that neat sounds game. Neat. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Jake, what about you? What have you been playing? Yeah, so I've been playing just like a scoosh more uh, Pokemon Legend Arceus, but I want to wait. Mm-hmm. I'm going to play that a bit more before I really want to talk about it on the on the podcast. Okay. Um, I have also two other games I've been playing. Don't really need to talk about one. I beat Super Hot on Hard Mode. So good. Oh yeah. Uh, so like the biggest difference there is um all the bullets or guns have one bullet and all items break after blocking one hit, so you can't just, like, keep blocking bullets forever with, like, swords and other guns. Uh, It was intense, like... That sounds sweaty. I was was sweating, like, my legs were feeling it, and it's, like, diving, ducking all over the place. That game, absolutely best thing on VR. And I've also been doing um, the Resident Evil 4 professional run-through on VR, too. So I'm about halfway done with that. Super fun, uh... Guys have more health, and it makes it turns the aggression like slider on all the enemies up to max all the time. It makes it super oh, cool. No. Loving it, truly having a blast playing both both those games. Um, but the other new game I've sunk the most time into has been a uh, Total War Warhammer Three. I just call ah. it Total Warhammer Three. It's just it's easier, flows together. Don't say hammer together twice. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I've. Tony, I would assume you've played about zero Total War in your life, just from your taste of games. Very, very little. Very, very little. I've played a bit of Total War. That's an RTS series that never grabbed me um, in the same way that other series have, like Age of Empires or uh, Supreme Commander or stuff like that. The most I played was probably Rome Total War. Um, I played a bit of War... Total War Hammer 2, but it never really grasped me. But I heard uh, the new one has a really good intro campaign. And I feel like I just never really took the time to fully grasp a lot of the like overworld mechanics of that game. And it and it just kind of... I slid off of it more. So I played through that. Uh, that's like a 8-10 hour campaign if you're taking your time like I was. And yeah, it covers things very well. It's a, it's a fun micro campaign. And I have definitely been into this one in a way that like a total war game hasn't grabbed me in a while so i've started so okay the pc launch they just set out a patch today but the pc launch has been a bit buggy um i had one campaign where my uh hero fell in battle so like okay they're wounded they're out of commission for like five turns but there was a bug never respawned no. Uh, so I wasn't like super deep into that campaign, so I just like stopped. And then there's like sometimes in battle where I would try to move my forces, but like the automatic formations would be wild. So like there'd be like two f- the divisions on top of each other and like one way off to the side when I just like want to have a line of three. So some of the tech stuff has been annoying there but all in all i've i've really been enjoying the game um i think it's a really i i've never been totally into the warhammer 
lore or like world, but I think yeah. it works pretty sweet when it's more zoomed out. Uh, and you have like these weird like demonic monstrosities on the battlefield. That's pretty neat. Like I always love a game where it's just like a bunch of little soldiers fighting a big guy, and it's it's pretty neat. Uh, I do like the overworld mechanics of the campaigns. It's very civilization. Um, it's really just kind of been learning the quirks there because it's generally the same. You can do uh, like military alliances and there's diplomacy in there. There's managing your income. There's always uh, like secondary factors depending on your civilization, like faith or corruption if you're a demonic uh, civilization. So the overworld stuff has been pretty fun. Um, I generally just don't find the RTS battles that compelling in Total War. Oh, I think that's really, really? It. Like, that part doesn't really do it for me. Um, I just, there's not as much micromanaging there. And I think it's almost too zoomed out where it doesn't feel very compelling to me. Uh, so I've just been leaning more on the auto battle function. So you can just, like, click a button and it, like, automatically battles based on the strength of both armies. Um, and generally you would do better if you control it yourself. Not always the same, not always the case for me because I'm not great at that game. Um, but it becomes really important for you to control your army, uh, when you're defending a town or like a city, because it's just like the AI can't handle that as well. And you can uh, spend supplies to build auto-firing towers that can just wreak havoc on on divisions. So you can you can overcome a lot of bad odds if you control a city defense, but it's not as not really as interesting. So I'm I'm still kind of I'm still kind of met. It feels on Total War, um, but I think just by not doing the RTS stuff as frequently, I've actually been enjoying it more. Interesting. Yeah, it's been it's been weird. Oh, and then um, not a game. I mean, a game that is out. Mario Kart Eight Deluxe is currently a game <laughs> that has been, at some point been released. Uh, but I been out of been out a couple times. Actually. Been out a couple times. Uh, so Nintendo just announced that they are going to release a series of DLC tracks for that game. Um, I have played a lot of Mario Kart Eight Deluxe. I love that game. Two hundred CC is is so fun. I have played just so much of that, and I really really like it. And um, I'm just kind of curious on your thoughts on them doing packs of tracks instead of giving us a full blown Mario Kart Nine. Uh, just to say up front, I am also a big Mario Kart fan. I don't love 200cc. You're a coward, uh, I that's why. I, I don't think it's, it has anything to do with cowardice. I think it ruins some tracks. They don't work as well in 200cc, but that's mm. just my opinion. Um, but anyways, <laughs> I think this is a genius move. Absolutely genius move. Like They're doubling. There's going to be almost 100 tracks in Mario Kart 8. How fucking outrageous is that and it's like thirty dollars like that's a good price for something that i've already paid into you know um i like the model of releasing them you know every couple weeks or months or whatever i think they said they're doing like six different drops um i i love it i absolutely love it and like i was just talking about this earlier today but you know you could say one side of this is well since they're doing this and it's not going to finish until end of 2023, according mm-hmm. to their timeline. 
that means, you know, there's not going to be a Mario Kart 9 for a while. Right. And I think that's fine. You know, like Mario Kart 8 is excellent. Mm-hmm. It's excellent. And it's like, you know, I I don't know if I want to say it's the best Mario Kart ever, but it's like it, it maybe it is. Like it's I, certainly it's, it's my a, favorite. It's definitely my favorite. I think I still like Double Dash better, but that could be rose tinted glasses at this point, you know. And that was the that was the first Mario Kart I put a lot of time into. So maybe I'm I'm biased, but like I don't mind adding more into a game that I already love. That gives me a lot more reason to play more Mario Kart, which is always good, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, like whenever they get around to doing a Mario Kart Nine, like they're gonna have to shuffle it up in a major way i feel like i feel like they're in a similar spot uh where smash brothers is at this point where yeah that's a good comparison whatever the next one of that is for nintendo it's gonna have to scale things down a little bit because they're not gonna put out a hundred fucking courses in the next mario kart (laughs) like i can't imagine that they would do that i can't imagine that they would make it scalable where every single car every single track will work in perpetuity like i don't i don't see that happening. this isn't this isn't pokemon right and and even with pokemon it's a little that's a little generous to save them but um it's uh whatever they do they're gonna have to scale it back and they're gonna have to introduce something new and compelling which take all the time in the world man i i, I don't need it i mm-hmm. think it just keep putting out other stuff you know in the meantime but yeah uh, Totally. Yeah, what about you? What do you think? I mean, like, I was, I, I mirror your sentiment. I heard about it. I was super psyched. Like, I love it. I love Mario Kart 8. I don't want to, I don't want to take the time to have to learn new game mechanics as deeply as I've learned the ones for 8. Uh, yeah. So it's just, like, more content for that game, more tracks. I'm, I'm really psyched about it. Yeah, just ballooning that game, adding just it's so much more content to it for the less than the price of a full game it feels it feels good to me um yep i don't know that, that was like my initial thought i was like a little conflicted i'm like is this kind of like shitty for them to do like for the consumer but then it's just like developing a whole ass new game and making new tracks for them like you said they're not entirely scalable so just more on this existing engine and platform they already have which is great love it all for it it's going to take a while to get all the tracks, which I'm not as psyched about, but, like, you know. I, I like, I like that we too. get them eventually at a trickle, too. That's fine. It gives, like, there's a lot of other games that I play that I'm more into. But it's going to be nice to have a reason to pop into Mario Kart several times over the next two years. You know? Like, mm-hmm. I'll buy this DLC. When the new tracks come out, I'll fucking play it for, like, a couple of days or a week Maybe play some matches with my friends, and then I'll then I'm done with it. I'll wait till the next set of tracks comes out, and that's fine. That's worth thirty dollars to me. You and know, then $15... every time you revisit that game, every time you just want to fuck around with some Mario Kart, you got those tracks just sitting there, more more Ton- more to choose tons, from. Right, tons more shit, and I gotta imagine there's going to be more characters and more carts and all of that stuff too, which will be fun. You know, like mm-hmm. I don't get super duper into the tuning of. Uh, the carts to be perfect or any of that shit. But, um, you know, more is always going to be better, you know, for that kind of stuff. You know, even if it's just cosmetics, you know, it, it, it'll be nice to have more. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, 
Oh, goodness. Now, here's a good question for you. Yeah. Do you have any tracks that you want to see in that pack? They're doing yeah, Choco yeah, Mountain, yeah. which I'm glad about. I like Choco yes. Mountain. <laughs> Choco Mountain is very nice. Um, I I hope they put in Wario Stadium. That's kind of a, a, a bullshit level from uh Only 64. if they keep the jump you can do. To, no, patch that shit jump. out. Patch. Nah, otherwise it's so fucking long. That's the most boring. That's the last one I want them to add. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love that one. Um, I also really, I love the Double Dash Bowser's Castle. That one in particular is fucking fire. God, I hope they put that one in. Um, yeah, I it just, I'm excited. Should be good. Should be good. I think 200cc would fix Wario Stadium. I think, I think you need to be fixed. <laughs> Probably. I'm a, bit, I'm a bit aggressive. I need to tone that down. <laughs> Was that too far? <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, um, I don't know. Transition. Let's talk about Herc's Adventure. <laughs> Yeah, that's perfect segue, Jake. Uh, <laughs> after the break, we'll talk about some Herc's Adventure. Not to be confused with the Herc, Hercules, starring one Kevin Sorbo. No. They're portraying the same fictional character, though. Different adventures of the similar guy named Herc, Hercules. Hey, I like that game. Uh, today's episode, we're all we're talking all about Herc's Adventure, the nineteen ninety seven LucasArts action adventure game. Um, have you ever heard of this game, Jake? Was this no, like completely never. never, never in your life? So, um, this game, uh, I had. I don't think I owned this game, but I played it for the Sega Saturn. Um, I I'm pretty sure I rented this game. <laughs> And uh, it's one of those games where I really, I really enjoy co-op like games in general, like co-op games yeah. that have like some like RPG elements to it, or you know something where me and another player can work towards a common goal instead of you know competing with one another. You know, like work like this game was like the perfect slumber party game where it's like, all right, bro. I'm going to go to Blockbuster. I'm going to rent a game. We're going to get some pizza and a 24-pack of Coca-Cola, and we're just going to fucking play video games all night. Mm-hmm. That's what this game is to me, you know? Um, and it was great. Uh, it was great when I was a kid for that, uh, which is why I wanted to revisit this. Uh, but, yeah, this is kind of an often forgot 
uh, action adventure game. Uh, like I said, it is from LucasArts, so there is yeah. some of that that magic in the art and in like the sound design, music. You know, the game can be pretty funny at times, or you know, attempts at being funny at times, like a lot of LucasArts games does. Um, so there's that piece to it. Um, yeah, I I guess the best way to describe how this game plays is. Um, if you ever played or heard of the game Zombies Ate My Neighbors, it's kind of mm-hmm. sort of like that, where you and a friend kind of work through uh, different areas together. Camera is kind of top down, and you kind of just work your way through fighting enemies uh, with little strategy, I would say. There's not like a, t- it's not like. Uh, a standard beat em up where there's like some complex, a lot of complexity to battle. Like battle in this game is is, is pretty simplistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you kind of just like move around and um, go on this adventure starring uh, you know Hercules and some other folks. Yeah, the other game this very much reminded me of. See if this resonates with you. Kind of reminded me of Crystallis. Like oh, yeah, in the a little open bit. World, yeah, the adventure kind of gameplay of it. Yeah, that's actually that's a really good um, good comparison, Jake. Yeah. Oh yeah, because like the uh, zombies ate my neighbors is exactly where my brain went at first, and then I never realized or completely forgot that that was also a LucasArts game. Oh yeah, I didn't know. Uh, so yeah, this is um, I had never heard this game, never seen this game, nothing, nothing at all. Um, I never played. I don't know if I never played any non-Star Wars LucasArts games or if I just, like, mm. don't remember. But, like, that was something I never got exposed to a lot was the non-Star Wars LucasArts games because I just wanted to play Star Wars games. So, so like, Day of the Tentacle, that nope. was never on your radar? Okay. Like, Sam and Max, you know, none of that stuff? Nah, nah. That stuff I, sh- like, important games, like, I should play at some point, those point-and-click adventures uh, that LucasArts did, but just haven't. I'm just not I, a point and click adventure kind of guy, and uh, who knows? I'm, I'm right there. I'm right there with you. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I, I've I've played all those games a ton um, because I, I find those games incredibly boring. You know, point and click adventure is a mm-hmm. fucking snooze to me. But I do like the writing that uh, LucasArts has in their games. Um, I wasn't usually. I it wasn't the humor wasn't doing anything for me in this game. It was all yeah. very. I think it was just two 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 nineties for me. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I, there wasn't a lot of things that made me laugh, other than like I thought uh, I thought tree with gun. Tree was pretty... with gun is the best enemy, though. <laughs> tree with gun is pretty so great. Good. Uh, tree uh, with gun. So you first approach this enemy, like it spawns some trees, like makes them grow and like blocks your path and you're like okay that's kind of like a cool attack so you knock down the trees and you approach approach the enemy and then like this human figure comes out of a tree and then just pulls out a real looking gun and shoots real at ass you. Gun. yeah it's pretty great it's like it just inspired so good inspired stuff. so good um but before we get too like heavy into like mechanics and like mm-hmm. other stuff with this game basically the setup for this game is hades steals persephone uh forgive me if you've heard this before yeah uh, hades fans uh but hades takes persephone and it's up to our heroes guided by zeus uh to get her back we need to gather keys 
from the other kind of gods within the pantheon, Hera, Athena, Poseidon, Dionysus. Uh, and we need to g- use those keys to unlock the underworld and go face off with Hades for like a final showdown to get Persephone back. Uh, we play as uh, – you have three playable characters uh, that you can choose from. You got Herc, who's Hercules. Uh, you have Jason from Jason and the Argonauts, which is a fun little uh, twist in there. And then there's um, Atlanta, I think her name is. From Georgia. From um, <laughs> Atlanta from Georgia. <laughs> um, but yeah, she is uh, our female character who is also a uh, a bow a bowsman. No, an archer. Ranged <laughs> character. Uh, yeah, so, so that's basically that setup. Um, mm-hmm. Who'd you play as? Herc. Herc, same. I was I was going to try to play as Atlanta, but my ROM had a little error where there was always like a fake controller plugged into slot one that I couldn't oh, move no. at all. So Atlanta was always selected, and I could never pick her. That's too bad. That's too bad. Uh, yeah, I played with Herc. Uh, I've played with all of them at some point, mm-hmm. uh, but like, there's not a ton of difference. Like Atlanta does have uh, the range attacks, like you said, which. Uh, you have access to hit these little like targets throughout the world to give you like items and stuff like that. And all the characters can hit those things if they throw something at it, but she can do it for free basically. Mm-hmm. But that none of that shit matters because like the, so the economy in this game and the way that like combat works is so fucking broken. Um, so every character has a basic attack Um and they have like another attack where if they hold down the attack button and release it, they'll do like some sort of like kind of charged attack. Sometimes it usually it's ranged, um, but like the real way you're fighting a lot is using items. Right, that's uh, where the power scaling is. Yeah, so there's items that you'll find on the ground. Enemies will drop them when they die. You can buy them from uh, merchants and stuff. But that's like where you get uh, the like the real combat stuff, you know. And and that's like where some of the quote unquote humor comes in. So there's like a chili pepper, and when you use the chili pepper, like you're blowing fire, you know. Or there's uh, an ice cube which gives you frost breath. Uh, there's Zeus's lightning bolts that will shoot a lightning bolt out when you uh, do it. There's a, a, you know a trident. There's uh, flame sphere uh, spears that are like matchsticks. You know, there's there's all sorts of goofy shit like that um that you can uh use as your like main attack thing a la a you know, zombies ain't my neighbors right um whenever you have more but, than 20 coins it just says you're rich instead of the amount of coins you have <laughs> yes yes and coins uh there's these little um they're, they're drachmas i want to say um but there's little coins that you'll find throughout the world like i said like when you uh like break houses down or break pots or mm-hmm. kill enemies. They'll drop these things. The The funny thing about those is that spawns for those are the same. So you can literally just do like loops and go around in circles and just keep picking up the same yep. items and gold over and over and over again, which like breaks the game. True. Yeah, that's how I ended up with like basically infinite healing. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You can you can just buy uh, the healing items in this game are euros, which are fantastic. I love the little icon for that. It's a good icon. Um, it's a good looking but, euro. Yeah, right, right. Um, but yeah, you can you can spend money to buy 
a ton of those. There's also there are stats in this game, so you have like an HP and then like a stamina bar, and you can find um, you can find shopkeepers that will basically up those values for you. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, it's like you just have so much money, you could just up your stamina infinitely so you're just constantly running or constantly being able to to do everything you know my stamina ended at 999 and my health was like 450 or something it starts at i think 40 (laughs) yeah yeah it's uh it's pretty pretty crazy what you can do uh with that but but yeah it's 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 really the items you find is what is like what you're really using to attack um i guess the way you like progress in the game like i was saying before you have to get these keys uh, to unlock the underworld to to go beat Hades. The way that you do that is you have this giant map of like Greece and the surrounding like areas, and you need to travel to all these you know uh, famous locales in in uh, you know mythology and go on these like you know epic quests to uh, appease the gods and get these keys so you can uh, you know go fight Hades. But um, the way that you kind of traverse this game is like you do everything on foot and there isn't really a compass. There's not a mini map. There's just no. like, here's a big map that has, you know, a lot of detailed icons on there. Like really good. Art. The map like, looks cool. Art. Yeah. The map, the map looks dope. And it looks like, you know, here where the different bosses are, stuff like that, like the giant hog or like the Spartans or the um, Amazonians. Um, all of those have like icons indicative of those types of you know characters within the world, and it, yeah, the map looks great, and it's like gives you just kind of general reference of how to get to these places. Um, but it's kind of up to you to stumble through the map and guide yourself to these places to to kind of um, progress the game forward. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really glad I had a guide open the entire time. Yeah, a- absolutely. Uh, because- like after. Maybe like thirty minutes. So it's just like, no, no, I can't do this. I can't do this raw. <laughs> yeah, like, but like once you kind of know where you're going, the pathing starts to make a little bit more sense and it's and it's easier. But it's like, it's not super intuitive. You really have to pay attention to what the gods say because like Zeus will like zip like uh, lightning bolt down and talk to you. Uh, you know, a handful of times throughout the game, and he will give you clues like, here, this is where you need to go, or. Mm, what are you doing right now? You should be going to do this. You know, like they, they will give you a little bit of uh, guidance, but yeah, it way easier if you just kind of know what the, the path is. Mm-hmm. Um, the game is a little bit open too. It's not like, it's not super duper linear. Uh, so you can kind of, once you get past a certain point, you can kind of go to a bunch of different directions at once, which I appreciate. Um but that also leads to getting hella confused, mm-hmm. um, for sure. Uh, I but- don't think this game's open world does it any favors. I think I would have preferred if it was a series of levels. Yeah, I, th- I think so too. I think so too. Uh, but like that pause menu looks dope. looks good. You know, the, the, the map looks that's dope. A damn good overworld. Make that the level select screen then. Like right, exactly. It's not. It's you, not like, worth this, it. This open world just adds time to the game. Um, yeah, exactly. I didn't make it better for me. A hundred percent. And the other thing about the world is that the uh, enemies just like respawn pretty generously. And there's a lot of enemies. There's a lot of a lot of bodies on the screen. 
lot of enemies, and also a lot of those enemies have a lot of HP. Mm-hmm. Even if you're using your items, and like you should be stacked with items if you're doing kind of like the grinding, quote unquote, you need, or if you're using cheats like I was, uh, <laughs> you could. Um, you, you have to use your items. Like your basic attack is not is not going to do it. It becomes so, completely irrelevant very early in the game. Yeah, exactly. So you have to use these items to to kill these enemies. And even still, it's like they're not going down incredibly quick. Like, how many fucking cyclopses do you need to fight over and over yeah. and over again? And they you take know, up like so much of the screen you can't go by. And their grab hitbox is bullshit. <laughs> yes, yes, um, <sighs> definitely some bullshit. I, Mondo uh, I don't, bullshit. <laughs> I do not like how you can't like bob and weave in between some of the bigger enemies. Like. I, mm-hmm. One of the things I love about like the the Dark Souls games, like from games in general, is that like you don't have to fight everything. Like when there's mm-hmm. giant enemies in front of you, you can be like, "Well, I don't need to fight you if I can just make it past you." Right? And like I feel like this game could have used that lesson. You know, like let me let me just squeeze by you uh if you're going to respawn that generously, you know? Um did not love that. Did not love that. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about like yeah, the aesthetic, like the look and the sound of the game. What do you, do you have any like leanings it, or inklings? I mean, I like it. I mean, it looks like the LucasArts games of the time. You know, very like kind of cartoony, mm-hmm. which I like. Like very like strong visual design. the The music is fine. Like it's not excellent. <laughs> there are times where it's like really fucking grating yeah. when it's just like playing over and over and the over music again. oscillates between like mildly passable to an outright assault on your ears like the opening overworld theme is truly repulsive actually painful to listen to i will say i totally agree with that but was it the the music by cersei um like that seaside area um it's all right is it that's a banger that song's a fucking banger i loved it they ended up using that same song during the credits sequence mm-hmm. at the end of the game which uh, excellent choice uh on their uh on their part but but yeah i agree the music for the most part not good not yeah the good. the aesthetic of it is like very exaggerated very cartoonish the, it almost kind of seems like it almost looks like a flash game where there's a lot of like weird yeah. assets that interact with each other kind of poorly like there's a lot of uh, like whenever um like Hades appears in the environment to like taunt you. He like comes out of this hole and the he rips out of the ground, and like that'll clip into walls a whole lot. Like just sort of like this, you know, unfinished yeah. sort of animation just being overlaid over a background without without much care, kind of look to it. Um, but like yeah. I mean, generally the overall is constructed. There's a lot of um, I think funny looking enemies. We we all love tree with a gun. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, but the enemies I also look alright too. Yeah, I will say that the uh, the enemies look all right. Like the skeletons are decent, and like mm-hmm. the um, like the boar is kind of cool. But there's also a shit ton of reskins of these yeah, enemies. Like, how many the... different generic Roman reskins are we are we gonna get in this game? You know, so all these um, ones are the the green, so they have the most health. <laughs> yep, it's really dumb. Don't don't love that. I don't love reskins uh, in almost anything. Uh, I know we already kind of talked about like the map. And stuff mm-hmm. and moving throughout the world. But I just I just have to say this that um, there's so many pathways in this map that a, like one wrong turn or way could just fuck your movement. 
throughout the whole world. Like if I accidentally yeah. go I, like one walking way accidentally and, into a catap- catapult or something too. Yeah, exactly. Then it'll just send you to a totally another place, and it's like, what the fuck? What I? This is not what I was trying to do. I also really do not like uh, in games like this where small keys can be like purchased or found in multiple locations and then used like universally. Mm-hmm. Um, if that makes sense, like I know um, it showed up in some of the early Zelda games. Uh, and things like that. There are other games that utilize something like this, right? Just like small keys as a universal. I can open up this door or whatever. Yeah, um, yep, I agree. I don't. I don't love that. Uh, it feels. It feels less designed um, intentionally and a lot more chaotic, um, especially when it's like it's gating progress in a lot of ways. Like, not to like bring up like the Dark Souls or From Software games again, <laughs> but they have a similar system where they have keys. Certain doors that you can only unlock with a, with you know general keys, and you have to make decisions about what you're opening. Right. Um, a lot of times in those games, that's a, it is a meaningful choice because on the other side of that is either like here's a huge dungeon with a boss at the end that'll have a really good reward, or there'll be like a chest on the other side which will have like good shit in it. And in this game, it's like use a key to open up this door to like maybe get an item. Yeah, like there might be like like, a health item in here and nothing else. Right. Or this might be the path forward. Or or this is like how you have to progress in the game. Mm -hmm. And it's not like I found a a small key in the general area here. It's like I bought it from a fucking merchant halfway across the world and now I'm opening it here. It's like some of that is like, you know, maybe mispathing on my part. But like I I just – I don't love that as a mechanic in games in general unless it's like – done with specific trade-offs in mind in this game it's just like oh here's an annoyance you Mm -hmm. know like here's here's either annoyance or a way that sequence breaks stuff which is either either one i don't want you know all the time so don't love that don't love that um and i totally understand that systems like that will lead to like uniformity like in ocarina of time you know or ocarina of time you know like it just um that it makes things more linear if you do it that way, but I'd Mm -hmm. rather have like a tighter experience than, um, something that you need a guide. Right. Like this isn't something that I feel the open world gives it, gives it a bunch. Um, it's just, it, yeah, just the linearity. I think linearity would have led to a better, more, more balanced and tighter, tighter experience. Totally. Um, can we also talk about how saving in this game? You have to like, pay for it. <laughs> and you have to and you have to go to one specific or like a series of specific NPCs that where you can save. Mm-hmm. And the game even says, I think it says in the game, or I know it says it in the in the manual, like remember where these things are because they're the only per people that you can save in. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what? How, what are we even talking about? Like that's such an odd odd choice uh, in general because there's no markers on the map to say where your no. save point is. There's so, so few like, of them too. Yeah, it's not good. Like I I remember doing this with this game specifically, but like JRPGs in general of this era, I would do this a lot too where I would just leave the game on. I would just leave the mm-hmm. – like if I get to a part where well, I need to save – but there's no save point around me. I'm just going to leave this game on and go do whatever else I need to do. And hopefully 
uh, over the course of time, it does like the system doesn't shut off or something doesn't you know happen. It ran like, out of battery. <laughs> right, that right. happened to me a few times. Where I'd set my Game Boy down and I'd come back. No, it closed. That sucks. That sucks. I I remember, and it maybe even happened with this game, but I remember like leaving a console on with a game. Precious, precious hours have passed since the save, and mm-hmm. power power flicks on and off. <laughs> There it goes, you know they get it, that. I honestly like I can't say for sure, but I have this like memory in the back of my mind of that happening with this game, and I was like, "Well, let's just fucking return this guy. I'm good. <laughs> I'm done." <laughs> you know, but um, but yeah. I, what else is there? Anything else to talk? About? Oh, I do. Uh, oh, okay. You go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I do like the way that you uh, respawn in this game. So for the yes. first five times you die you are sent to hades because you know it's greek mythology and you have to fight your way out and then you know you fight your way out you get back in the overworld the more times you die the harder it gets um but then on your fifth turn your fifth death it's just game over that's it uh i think i think that's like a cool way of doing the respawn uh because you come back you have to fight through you're going to lose some hp so like whatever you come back with when you respawn like that's your hp there's a penalty to it uh, you know, you lose wherever you were on the overworld, but like that's a that's a cool way to handle death until it stops yeah, scaling and you just die and get a game over. Yeah, yeah, I I agree, I agree. That that was the thing I was missing. That was the thing I was missing was that yeah, the underworld's neat, what, neat idea. I love the old school population sign that's like constantly going up as you're working mm-hmm. your way through. Um, it's fun. Um, see, like that's the humor, right? Like. Very, but sometimes it tickles uh, me. Like that kind of that's a, like the population signs a little funny. The tree with the guns a little funny. I kind of like that all the gods are like really out of shape. Like that's a fun version yeah. of like the normal like chiseled abs Greek mythology portrayal of the gods. Yeah, exactly. Like Hera as like this like scorned ex-wife. Like that. Like I love that uh, that that choice. Like that, that falls with characterization. Like I'm you know. Hades and Persephone is a story that's been fucking done to death. So that's like a good way of, I think, making it their own thing. Um, yeah. Other than the poor choice of story to choose from. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> I will say the other thing that I thought was really funny is that like, so like there are aliens in this game when you oh, go yeah, to yeah, Egypt, yeah. <laughs> when you go to Egypt, there's fucking aliens and it's like, what, what the fuck? And then at the end of the game, when you're fighting Hades, which is that fight is like a 2d Andros fight where he's got like a head and like mm. floating hands. Like it's pretty, it's pretty great. Uh, it like blows up and it's like a robot instead. And then there's like aliens everywhere. It's, it's very strange. The game fucking goes very weird places all of a sudden. Um, and then it just kind of ends, I feel like. Yeah, it just um, sort of, like, stops there. Yeah, it's very strange. But, like I said, I said this earlier, the the credits had, like, really good music choice. The credits in general of this game are fucking cool. <laughs> it's like there are – it's like this interactive credits sequence where all the different devs on the game have their own sprites. And there's, like, Star Wars shit spread throughout this like very um sparse level that you kind of walk through uh after you beat the game it it's fucking great i actually really really like that credit sequence a lot it's like dude i would love to be in a credit sequence like this that would be Mm -hmm. so fucking cool pretty cool yeah yeah that's almost worth almost worth almost worth yeah (laughs) almost worth playing through this game Um, uh yeah the cutscenes are 
super duper um like the faces of evil sort of vibe to them or yeah, like really yeah, exaggerated yeah. like really just like monochromatic like fill in on paint ms paint looking kind of art <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh, it's pretty crazy uh, uh, in the instruction manual, we have a special thanks to George Lucas in there. There's also uh, some awesome uh, hint lines that uh, the number is one nine hundred seven four zero Jedi, which is pretty great. Um, they also have uh, email addresses at CompuServe dot com. Ooh, very <laughs> nice. That's a real I, I, real blast from the past. Dude, I I love looking through this this manual. Like they, I found a, a rip online of the Sega Saturn manual. So flipping through that again <laughs> was like absolute blast from the past. It just this is like I love lovely shit I like miss this. Manuals, manuals were great. You know, um, one of the things that to not like jump ahead to like future uh, episode talks about Elden Ring. When you boot that game up on Steam. Uh, you can choose to boot up the adventurer's guide, which is like a manual. Obviously it doesn't have like a ton of info in there, but it felt like this. It felt like opening a manual when I was paging through that um, <laughs> for Elden Ring, which the many nice things I have to say about that game. Um, oh, we'll get there. Don't worry. We'll get there eventually. We'll get there eventually. Uh, Jake, do you have anything else to say about this game? Uh, I do. I got, I got a little bit more to say on this game so tony just kind of sometimes i have like weird thoughts on games and sometimes they send me down like weird little thought uh caverns so just kind of a question here so do you know when the disney's hercules movie came out oh now off the top of my head so that was uh june 13th 1997 and can you take a gander on when herc's adventure came out it, it had to be right around June, didn't it? It was a, a scant six weeks after the release of Disney's Hercules. So wow. this being a, a Hercules game right off the tail of a Disney movie, sort of feeling like there were some graphical things and like a, a balance things that were a bit rushed, plus all the characters being legally distinct, I think this game might have been a quasi-cash grab to monopolize off of Disney's Hercules. Do a little backdrafting off of uh, uh, Disney marketing? I have exactly zero evidence to support this. Just Uh, a weird feeling I had when I realized they came came out so close to each other. You may be onto something there, but... Allegedly. 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 (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? Hey... Go go crazy. Like, you know, games came out a lot faster around that time, and, you know. Go for it. Go for it. Go for it, LucasArts. Yeah, I mean, like. Too busy making culture all the time. You can benefit off of it sometimes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, that was, that, was my last, that was my last thought that tickled my brain while I was doing some research on this. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh Jake, what, what's uh, what's your overall verdict on this one? Ooh, this is a big fat... Hey, I don't like that game. Um, yeah, this one didn't didn't do much for me. There were some interesting choices with the with the aesthetic, with the world. Like, some of the humor got to me. A lot of it was just sort of, like, pretty, like, lol, random 90s, late 90s humor that just, like, kind of doesn't do anything... I think anymore, at least not for me. So it didn't have that charm that might have existed when it first came out for me. Uh, the gameplay itself is 
usually pretty bad. Navigating the overworld got annoying, even with a guide on. Uh, yep. So that's the best. The best thing this game did was finish itself in uh, a little less than five hours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I agree. This, hey, I don't like this game. It's uh, it's not great to play by today's standards by any means. But there's a lot of heart in this game. I feel like, mm-hmm. um, and like I said, love the credits. But it, it's it's not worth playing. It's no. not worth playing. <laughs> no. You know, like the, it's a it was a nice nostalgia trip for me. You know, like looking through the manual again. Like all that stuff was great. But like, I I can't in good conscience say, oh man, this is a game worth checking out in 2022. You know, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. not at all. Um, but yeah, like it's fine. It's it's fine. It, like. Our, our rating scale is always tough because there are games that are really close to the edge. And I don't feel like this one was close to being a, hey, I like this game versus don't like this game. But, like, I again, a, hey, I don't like that game doesn't mean a game is absolute garbage. You know? It just wasn't awesome. Yeah. Like, there's there's love in here. I wouldn't shit on this game. Another benefit of the the binary scale is that when I really don't like a game, I don't have to be unnecessarily cruel. <laughs> <laughs> great well Jay, spe- <laughs> speaking of cruelty what are you gonna put me through next oh okay all right so i'm curious uh, i was looking over our last few episodes um it's like nba street volume 2 was a game i played when i was younger but there were like a few games there bushido blade resident evil system shock 2 that i picked that i had never actually played but just had been curious about and wanted to check out so like i want to play something that i played when i was younger again and like i got some shit on my plate planning a wedding gonna be going to san diego and traveling a bit so i'm away from my pc and whatnot so i want to play something that's a little slower you know we're dealt a hand of a nice chill video game we're playing next so tony we are going to be playing the game boy advanced card game Yu-Gi-Oh! the eternal duelist soul <laughs> What you see when you said card game? I was like, oh, so we're doing Pokemon, uh, Pokemon card game. Finally, this is what's happening. No, no, no. That's a hey, like you... that game. that's a ten out of ten game. We never have to talk about it. It's perfect. There's no flaws. That's the I, hey, yeah. like that game episode on the Pokemon trading card game. I agreed. <laughs> Do we just we just did, we did an episode in an episode. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, we are going. This is uh, a game I picked up when I I was for the Game Boy Advance, so I had played a lot of the Pokemon Training Card game, and I just wanted another card game that was on a Game Boy. And I saw this at GameStop, and you know that was it. I played a bunch of it. I have no idea how good it is. I remember nothing of the balance of Yu Gi Oh. Um, what what was it again? Yu Gi Oh. What the Eternal Duelist Soul. Eternal Duelist Soul. Let's take a look here. So I'm psyched. I could I could play it on my my phone's uh, Game Boy Advanced oh. emulator. Did I have? No, I didn't. Did you Did you have this one? There were like no. I, when I was looking into it, it took me a second to find the actual title of the one I played because there's like six Yu-Gi-Oh games on the Game Boy Advanced. So there was. It was on the Game Boy Color. Hold on. We we are still recording. It's we are going down rabbit holes here. Uh, oh, this was the one. This Dark Story? Yes, this was it. Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Dark Duel Stories. That was the one that I played. 
this game does not look nearly as good. Let's see. Yeah, these reviews are okay. Both these games reviewed extremely well, so I, I'm I'm excited to get into some Yu-Gi-Oh. Game Boy Advance is a great platform for a card game like this. This should be a ton of fun. Boy, howdy. Well, let's find out on the next episode of Hey, 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 hey I like that game. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, oh my god, that's going to be the best show opener next time. Oh my god. And I, that gets to be mine. Oh dude, this game there's going to be some production involved, I feel like. All right, fantastic. Uh great pick, Jake. Uh speaking of Jake, Jake. Yeah, that's where, me. Where where can the folks uh at home find us on the internet? Yes, find us on Twitter at like that game. You can email us Hey, like that game at gmail.com. We're, uh, as of recording, still on Facebook at the Hey, Like That Game podcast. And then Tony's doing a lot of streaming at uh, hey, like, twitch.tv slash Hey, I Like That Game. So check them out there. Yes, yes. Try Hard Tuesday. Still continuing on. They will, there will probably be a reduction in Try Hard Tuesdays in the near future, but we'll, we'll cross that bridge when it comes. Um, but yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, this was a, a fun episode. This and was fun. Jake, uh, let's have some fun at your wedding, man. Oh, yeah. You know, kind of wedding where we can live life passionately. <laughs> <laughs> and then love each other unconditionally. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, probably at some point later, play video games. Yeah, I gotta imagine. We're gonna be playing some video games. <laughs> All right, folks, have a good night. Bye. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, If you like the show, please give us a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening to this on. You know, every little bit helps. Hashtag propagate the pod.